Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. The last while, but uh, th there was uh, a focus regarding the last days and even to the last days uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, when you think about it, the last days can be, for each and every individual, can be the last moments or the last uh, period of time in their life. And the heart of God uh, for us as uh, believers or unbelievers is that we would be with him uh, for eternity. And in these last days, the Lord uh, gave uh, a, sh a short, um, what should I say, there was a conversation, a final conversation that he had. And... Uh, uh, with his disciples and also the followers of Jesus Christ at that time. And uh, just so just before he, he left this planet, there was a conversation. And uh, I want to look into that conversation. You, we've, you most likely uh, have read that section of scripture. But um, it is regarding even the last days. And it says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and I'll, I'll be reading uh, verses before and after that, but I just want to focus in on this uh, one verse in particular. It says, but you shall receive power, and this is the Lord Jesus speaking, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. To the end of the earth. And I just, I just want to make a quick statement about this uh, phrase in verse 8, the end of the earth. Uh, is the word eschatos, is end, which has to do with the last or last time or even to the, to the extent, to the furthest extent. Uh, so it has to do with uh, not just time but also place or not just place, but time as well. So at that time, when Jesus was speaking these things, Christianity was localized, if you would, to a very particular geography, which happened to be Jerusalem. And even as we see in this verse, there's an extending out from Jerusalem to Judea, which was surrounding Jerusalem, to Samaria, which was further out, and then it says, and to the end of the earth. So expanding and spreading out to the ends of the earth. In fact, uh, we are, you know, uh, a good distance away from uh, Jerusalem. And we're not just a good uh, distance away, but we're also from the time that Jesus spoke these words. We are, are 2,000 years uh, later. And... The Lord is saying here that uh, we would receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. One of the things that I've come to realize in uh, this day, and I, I've, I hear it, uh, and sometimes it's even with amongst believers, uh, is, is the concern personally. The last series we did was uh, overcoming fear, and, and it had to do, to do also with things that we're going through. And so there's this, this realization uh, that things are not quite the same as they were uh, even just a few years ago. There's something that has changed, and uh, we recognize that in these days, these last days, um, we need help. We need to have uh, a strength that goes beyond us and is it outside of us and uh, so the Lord Jesus is saying that we would receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us and we will be witnesses to him in Jerusalem Judea Samaria to the end of the earth to this time to this place a receiving of power Ephesians 5 verse 18 says don't be drunk 
with wine wherein is excess or licentiousness is, is the King James Version, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. When we look at uh, that passage, uh, there's this aspect of influence. The, the influence especially of alcohol. The influence of alcohol on the individual in this world. In fact, that's oftentimes the way of escape. When there's a problem, uh, extreme problems, one of the things that people do, especially as, as it's continued on and on, uh, there's an extension of time involved and there's, there's constant uh, darkness or depression. Oftentimes, that's the way the world is looking at uh, solving the problem or people are just saying, you know what, I need to drown myself from the issues of life. And so there's uh, an escaping uh, by... Uh, taking alcohol. So even as they would take alcohol, uh, there's an influence of the alcohol upon them. I find it very interesting that uh, that's, how the, that's how Satan works. There's this, not a dealing with anything, but rather there's a, a, um, a drowning and a taking captive in the things of, that would cater to our flesh. So whether it's alcohol, whatever it may be, whatever form that a person may take to say, I need to drown out my, uh, my state of emotional uh, despair or whatever, I, I need to drown it out. And so there's this, uh, this thing of being influenced negatively uh, by alcohol. So... Scripture would say that, uh, that we should not be drunk with wine wherein is, is excess or the extremes of, of life. And it's not used as in a positive sense. It's used in a very negative sense. Um, but it says rather that we should be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled, to be influenced, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So... I want to I look in this, this conversation. In fact, uh, probably as we read this passage, we recognize it's the last conversation that the Lord Jesus Christ had with uh, the disciples and followers, followers of his. Uh, it, it could possibly be that uh, uh, this, there, there might have been more than 500 people when Jesus spoke these things. And uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, it talks about the fact that the Lord was seen first by, by Cephas or Peter, and then by the, the apostles, and then uh, by more than 500 brethren at one time. And then finally, later on, it was, uh, he was seen by me, Paul, much later. This was after Jesus had already ascended to heaven. But there's a good chance that this final conversation took place. There, there possibly would have been maybe 500 or more people there when Jesus spoke these final words, and which Luke uh, recorded for us. Praise God. So let me just read from Acts 1, and then I'm going to read right through to verse 11. And then I'm, we're going to go back. I'll see how far we get uh, uh, tonight. I may or may not get through the whole thing. But... Uh, I want you to know that the Lord desires for us not to be going alone or be uh, on our own through these times, even now and especially now. So from verse 1, it says, The former account I made, and that's Luke uh, writing, O Theophilus, so he's writing to Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after through the Holy Spirit uh, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So he sort of is setting... Uh, the, the stage here uh, for this conversation. And uh, 
And so there was this period of time from the time that he rose from the dead after going to the cross and being buried, raising on the third day. Uh, and then he began to reveal himself to the uh, different people uh, over the course of the 40 days. And, he, and so he's, it says, he, as of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, and uh, so and with many different infallible proofs to say, yes, Jesus had risen from the dead, uh, speaking the different things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So there's, there's this instruction given uh, to the uh, followers of Christ, and, uh, to the 12, the, the disciples. So from verse 4, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. And so that's, that's a very interesting the way that Jesus left this planet is the same way he's coming back to the planet. And so there will be, just as he was caught up in the clouds, he is coming back in the clouds to receive up to him those that are remaining until the last day, the day of the, uh, of the Lord, the trumpet, as the trumpet of God would sound, he is coming back in the clouds, on the clouds, and we will raise up to be with him. But before that time, the Lord is saying a few things. And uh, so I just want to go over this, this brief, very brief conversation and uh, just add a few things uh, regarding what Jesus said and how we, we should be living in these last days, that it, the impact of the Holy Spirit upon us. So it says... Uh, being assembled together with him, as I mentioned, there possibly were more than 500 people at the time of him sharing this. Uh, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Um, I don't know about you, but um, I... In the last moments of a person's life, or maybe as they know that their time is, is short, uh, would give important instruction to others around them, whatever it may be, as brief as it may be. But the very last thing that Jesus spoke when he left this planet was around the importance of waiting for the promise of the Father. And he says, which you have heard from me. John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a not far and not many days from now. So this the importance of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and he it says he commanded them. And I, I just want to say this because so often in uh, uh, Christian circles, uh, this is oftentimes just seen as an option. If you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, it's not a, it's, uh, if you get baptized or not, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Uh, that's not what he, it's being, is stating, it's being stated here. Rather, it's, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. Now, uh, from Acts chapter 1, as we continue on, we know that there were at least 120 of them in the upper room 
on the day of Pentecost, most likely they weren't in that upper room, but were in the outer court of the temple. Um, but it would be interesting to know of those 500 people that were there, how many, if, it, if there was only 120. Uh, my thought over the years has been, well, what happened to the other 380 people? Why were there so many that, did, that they did not find that this was important? Was Oftentimes when we take the word of God, we, we hear the word of God, but we, the way we respond to it is more in, in a, a casual light of, well, you know, if I do it, I do it. If I don't, it's not that big a deal. I want you to know, uh, when it comes to being a witness unto Jesus, it is a big deal. I'm not talking about salvation here now. I'm not saying, hey, you know, you, you got to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or you're not saved because there's some that would teach that. And, and I'm absolutely not. But what it is saying that there is a promise of the Father and if we desire to have that promise that there is a, uh, on our part, the, the understanding of the urgency of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It is an important thing. So he says, you have heard from me. You've already heard me say this. So I, I just want to go back to a few passages that talk about, you've heard me talk about this. It, this was not something that was, he hadn't spoken about before, but it had been said and mentioned before. In fact, in Luke 24, as you close off uh, the, the last chapter of Luke, and, and Luke is the writer of the book of Acts. So in the, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Luke wrote things. He was a doctor, a physician, and very thorough and whatever. So when you read through Luke, you can see the preciseness of of as a doctor and, and a physician of somebody taking care of someone that is, has had more extensive uh, education, if you would, or whatever, saying, hey, uh, I, I can't be half haphazard in uh, my doctoring. It has to be a thing that is precise. We see there's a preciseness uh, about, uh, especially as Luke writes, and wanting to make sure that everything is right on or the details are there. And so when he closes off uh, in, in Luke and, and finding out what happened in those last moments before Jesus uh, left the planet, uh, we read this in, in verse 44, Luke 24, 44. And it's regarding the promise of the Father. Something, I don't know, um, if you've had a promise going back to when you're a child, if, if you, you know, depending on uh, what you're, situation was in the home regarding a father there the thing of us growing us us three boys growing up uh when my dad promised something uh we could count on it like i don't i don't remember thinking well ah uh, yeah sure dad uh you say that but you don't really mean it it's not you're not going to follow through on it I, I never i don't have that recollection recollection of my father was a promise when he promised something it would happen and so this is the promise of the father and this is he says he said to them these are the words which i spoke to you while i was still with you that all things must be fulfilled which was written in the law of moses and the prophets and the psalms concerning me and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures so he, the, their understanding was opened of the disciples and he said to them Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day. This was supposed to happen. So this, Jesus is speaking. He has already risen, gone to the, gone to the cross, died, been buried, and ro risen again on the third day. And now it's this period of, of time of 40 days from the time that he rose until the time that he ascended that he's speaking. And this is one of the things that were spoken. And he says, he says that... At, that the Christ must suffer or should suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. 
I want you to know tonight that this thing of the preaching of repentance, which is a turning, when you repent of something, you turn away from it, and you turn. If it's a, a repentance of direction, would be a 180. So I'm heading in this direction. I repent, and I do a 180. I turn away from the, the, the direction that I'm heading in. And so that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name, in Jesus' name, to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. It was about Jesus. And the fact that our sins that, that separate us from God can be remitted or they can be taken care of by Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. The remission of sins. So there's a taking care of the sins so that our sins are not condemning us or separating us from God, and that which would condemn and separate us from God is taken care of by Jesus Christ, and that this would be preached and begin in Jerusalem. And that's exactly what happened. The preaching of Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for us began in Jerusalem shortly after Jesus left this planet. In fact, 10 days after, on the day of Pentecost, there was a sermon preached, and Peter, who had denied Jesus three times just 50 days prior or so, is preaching now in front of the crowds. And so rather than being fearful, he's preaching in the power of the Holy Spirit, and it says that 3,000 were added to the church that day as a result of Peter preaching the gospel, repent and believe in the gospel in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the change of lives or the, the change that took place in those that heard as they grabbed a hold of this message was powerful. Just yesterday, uh, Julie and I were with somebody. And um, the testimony was this, that there was a drawing of the Holy Spirit of, from the, of this person to the Lord. And for the last, I believe it's almost two years since COVID began or whatever, there was a listening to the messages uh, from here, from this church. And, and so today we, or on, on Monday, we just, we heard, or yesterday, we just heard beautiful things about the power of the gospel uh, that is preached, the word of God that is preached in the power of the Holy Spirit, and there is changes. We're talking about changes in people's lives. He says, so, and you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So here Luke is ending off the book, the gospel, uh, as the Holy Spirit would inspire Luke to write, and it ends off on this note of the promise of the Father. And he led them out as far as Bethany, which would have been about two miles outside of Jerusalem. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So this passage that Luke ends off with then uh, is reiterated in the beginning of the book of Acts. The acts of the apostles, basically the acts of the followers of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what the, the book of Acts is all about. And the amazing thing is this. If you go through the book of Acts, you will see the first number of chapters have to do with what was happening in Jerusalem once the, the Spirit fell. And the 3,000 that were added on the day of Pentecost. And then it extends out. From there, it extends out to uh, Judea. So the surrounding area of, of around Jerusalem to Samaria, we read of, I think it's in Acts chapter 7 and uh, chapter 8, we, we read of the gospel spreading out to Samaria and, uh, and then it goes out from there as Paul begins to take the messages. Paul is, is uh, filled as he comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, is saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and then it expands out from there in Acts chapter 10, 
uh, we already start to read of what the, the power of the Holy Spirit to not just the Jews. So the first number of chapters, it's just to the Jews, but then it, it moves out to uh, Cornelius. We have the, the account in, of, of uh, Peter going to Cornelius and Cornelius being a Gentile, receiving the gospel of, Je of Jesus Christ. And in one setting, he, his household, and his servants, all of them, as they hear the gospel, are saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, and baptized in water all on the same day. So it's amazing the power as people are empowered with the Holy Spirit uh, and the impact that they begin to have in the power of the Holy Spirit to touch other people's lives. And this is what the Lord would have us uh, have is this promise of the Father. So the things that the the uh, the things that you have heard from me is what the Lord says. What what did they hear? What what did Jesus say about these things earlier on in his ministry? In um, John seven verse thirty seven, regarding the promise of the Father, be, regarding the Holy Spirit, listen what he says. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, "If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink." So the first uh, verse that I referred to, uh, Ephesians 5, verse 18, uh, was the drinking of alcohol and that it would not take place. Don't be drunk. Don't be filled with the influence of alcohol, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so here he is, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So the Holy Spirit, when Jesus was speaking this, had not come because Jesus had not yet been glorified. And he was glorified the moment that he was raised from the dead, overcoming death and hell and the power and dominion of sin. And in that, he was glorified. And it was shortly after that period that uh, even as Jesus was ascending or ascended to, the, to, to God, the Father, that after that, the Holy Spirit was poured out on, the, on 10 days afterwards. So out of you or out of his heart will flow rivers of living water for those that believe in him. And uh, so... As we believe in Christ, how many of you here believe in Jesus Christ? You've asked Jesus to come into your life. Okay, so I'm seeing hands going up all over this place. As you believe in Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit is available to you to receive. So it's something that, that we accept. We just have to, we have to believe in Jesus Christ and the, the, the Holy Spirit is available to us uh, to receive and uh, so whom but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him in Jesus would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified rivers of living water flowing from us bringing life to others John also writes uh, and this is Jesus uh, once again this would have been just hours before he went to the cross so here he is. You can read it in chapters uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. These chapters all are a conversation that Jesus had with the disciples before he went to the cross, just before he would die. And so he says, regarding the Holy Spirit, listen, most assuredly, this is John 14, 12. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So the Lord is, is giving us something here. He is saying, the things that I've done, I want you to do as well. 
I want you to do the things that I have done. And even greater things, things that Jesus was unable to do because he was confined to, to time and space, one location at one period of time. Nowadays, it's amazing what we can do um, through the media that we have. So uh, right now, there might be people online watching and listening, uh, and they're not even in this place. In fact, they could be on the other side of the globe watching this service live right now. And the things that we, the Lord would have us do, even greater works than these, we would do as we believe in him. And because he goes to the Father, because Jesus left the planet, there's op opportunity, and not just opportunity, the command for us to do greater things than he even did. So that's an amazing thing. Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So even as we, we would begin to, to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord would lead us to do things even greater than he did. He says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. What would you ask the Lord to do? What would you ask the Lord in Jesus' name? Father, this is what I desire. What do you desire from God? My, my heart is, Lord Jesus, or Father, this is what I desire. I desire. Let me have, let me operate in a sensitivity to your Holy Spirit. Let me operate in the power of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis that I can impact other people's lives. In and of ourselves, as believers, I'll tell you right now, we can be very selfish <laughs> individuals. It's about, hey, God, I'll work things out. I'll do the things that you would have me do if it fits into my schedule. Lord, it depends on how I'm feeling. You know, if I'm feeling okay, if I'm feeling up to it, if I, I have enough energy... Okay, sure, God, I'll, I'll do what you have me do. This morning we were uh, just, we were praying, um, and just praying about, yeah, this, this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and the fact that Jesus asked them to wait. And the thing that, that has hit me in the past um, when you are feeling pumped up about something, when you're feeling all excited about something, it doesn't take much for you to go ahead to do it. But the thing that I've come to recognize is it doesn't take much for us when we're not pumped or we don't feel up to it, say, oh, I can't do that, I'm done. I, I can't do this or I'm, I'm going to hold off, I'm pushing this off because the enthusiasm is no longer there. The zeal is no longer there. And Jesus knew that. Because I'll tell you right now, there are many times where I don't feel up to this or that. I don't feel up. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm tired. Or, you know what, I don't have time right now. Or, you know what, uh, I don't think so. So I recognize in myself my weaknesses and the, the realization I need the Holy Spirit. I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life to impact other people. In fact, not just to impact other people. I'm talking even just to, to, to love the Lord Jesus, to keep his commands. And I've come to recognize the Holy Spirit wants to help us in loving the Lord. And I would say that one of the first things of the, the power of the Holy Spirit to us is that he, would, he desires to help us to be a witness unto Jesus. Not a witness unto even others, but a witness unto Jesus. Say, Lord, that I would love you with all my heart. And the Holy Spirit, the Father, the promise of the Father is to us the power to love the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we can get casual with relationships. Think about it. The, oftentimes, the people you love the most is, 
are those that you are sometimes the, 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 the shortest with or you're abrupt with them or you're, you take them for granted or whatever. The people that you love the most. And when it comes to Jesus and our witness to him, he's saying, I want to empower you to be a witness unto me. The power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness to Jesus. The word witness is the word martyr or martyr. You get the word martyr from. Lord, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you even if it costs my life. Even if it costs my life, I will not renounce you, deny you. I'm going to love you right to the very end. The power of the Holy Spirit is there. We're not doing things in our own effort. We're not doing things in our own strength. But we're doing things in the power of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Praise God. It goes on to say in John 14, verse 15, where the Lord Jesus is saying, hey, not only will you do greater things and, and the things that you ask, uh, my, my other prayer, I just jotted a few things. What, Lord, what am I asking of you? My, my heart is, Lord, let there be laborers in the harvest. That there would be, that we would be, that Lord, that I would be a laborer in the harvest to bring souls. We're talking a harvest of souls before his return in the last days. There would be a harvest of souls. Lord, let the, the heart of each and every one be as I want to be a laborer in your harvest to bring souls to you. Lord, I want to see them not just saved, but I want to see them baptized in water. I want to see them baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to see them taught the things of God, that they would not be tossed to and fro by the different circumstances of life, but they would be solid. Lord, that they would be solid in their walk before you. There's nothing more refreshing to me, especially as a pastor, to see when people grab a hold. Just the last few weeks, there's one individual that... I'm just saying, thank you, Lord. For so long, there's been a prayer for this individual. And, and just in the last month, month and a half, two months, there's been changes. Changes in this person to, to, to the thing that I'm seeing. And I mentioned to them today. I said, I see that you're surrendering the Lord Jesus Christ. You're yielding to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's at that time where we give up control of the throne of our lives. So not that we're in control, but Jesus, that you are in control in my life. And as we surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, there is an opportunity for there to be such changes in our life. And that's exactly what I'm seeing. Going from uh, uh, an attempt to, to be a good person, to be a follower of Jesus Christ in our own strength, or so, totally saying, Lord, I surrender my will to you. Lord, you have your way in my life. It's that, at that point that the Holy Spirit can truly begin to do the work in our lives, and not just on us, but through us. And even with this... This, this by, by the power of the Holy Spirit that we recognize, I'm no longer doing this in my own strength. I'm so far, I'm, I'm in a place that I'm in so in need of the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In Jesus' name, in the power of Jesus' name, that there would be even signs following us in what we do. So, if you love me, John 14, verse 15, this is Jesus as he continues to speak to his, his disciples. And at this point, is, this is just before Jesus would go 
and uh, be, suffer on the cross. So this is the, the night before. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And it's like Jesus knew there's no way that we can keep the commandments of the Lord. We cannot. So what does he say? And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Who? The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the world, the, the, the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. They don't even understand the, the whole thing of the, the you know, salvation and, and Jesus Christ. And uh, they definitely, they are unable. They cannot receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not enter into a life within them that is not cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ as we place our faith in Jesus. It is only at that point that the Holy Spirit comes into us. But with the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we're looking even beyond just the Holy Spirit coming in. We're talking about being immersed in the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, so the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Or it says, you're not going to be alone. I will come to you. It's like, yes, I need you, Lord. I need the Holy Spirit. I need you. So that to help us love Jesus, if you love me, keep my commandments. So he will help us to love the Lord. He will help us to keep the commandments of the Lord. He is with us forever, the spirit of truth. Praise God. We are not alone. We are not orphans. He will come to us. And it goes on to say in verse 26, John 14, 26, says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. I've had this happen at different points, it's like, man, I, what am I going to say? And the Holy Spirit is there to help, is there, there to bring to remembrance things and even to bring to mind even the things that should be spoken at a certain time with an individual. I thank God for that. I thank God for that. He will teach us all things and bring the word of God to our remembrance he will testify. John 15, 26 talks about him, the Holy Spirit testifying of me. But when the Holy or when that when the helper comes, John 15, 26, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. There's this pointing to Jesus, the Word of God. And there's this coming to life within us of the Word of God. Praise God. In John 16, so uh, John 14, John 15, John 16, these are the, the, the Lord is speaking to the disciples. You can read of the things that he's saying. In verse 6, it says, But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I will tell you the truth. It is to your advantage, listen, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So Jesus had to die. He had to raise to life before the Holy Spirit could be, be sent. And so as Jesus is speaking, he's saying, listen, I've, I've got to go. I've got to, I, I'm going to go to the cross. I have to go to the cross. I have to die. And sorrow is filling your heart. But this is to your advantage. Praise God. And even as Jesus would ascend, the Holy Spirit would come. We have salvation in and through Jesus Christ, but the power of that, that should be in our lives and should be a part of the church is in and through the Holy Spirit. The power is through the Holy Spirit. Even as our faith is in Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit is available to us. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Can I just say 
that when the Holy Spirit begins to flow through you and I, there will be a conviction of sin. Listen, if people do not acknowledge their sin, if they don't recognize that, that there's any need, what, what do I need Jesus for? What do you need Jesus for? Do you know we all need Jesus because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? I've been listening to, um, on, on YouTube, Living, Living Waters, um, Ray Comfort goes out and, and he speaks to different people. And uh, he, he uses the, the Old Testament, the, the Ten Commandments. And he always, every single one that he, he confronts, he always starts with letting, having people recognize that they are sinners. So he usually talks about, have you ever lied before? Have you ever stolen have you ever lusted or coveted after, lusted after someone? Have you ever uh, used the name of Jesus in vain? These are just four of the commandments. And, and most people have broken those four plus pretty well every single one of the Ten Commandments. Not just once, but many times. And he right away shifts to, well... So if you're standing for God are you and, and you're being judged according to these commandments, are you guilty or not guilty? I'm guilty. Heaven or hell? Hell. Does that concern you? Because it concerns me. A recognition to convict the world of sin to recognize that we are apart from God and basically our, our wage for sin is death. To be separated, the payment for our sin is death. And the Holy Spirit wants to drive this home within the individual is there is a separation from God. To convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me. The greatest sin that one can commit is not believing in Jesus Christ. That sin, if they cling to it and they don't believe in Jesus Christ, will be a condemnation that will last for eternity. To be apart from God for all eternity. Of sin because they don't believe in me. A rejection of Jesus' finished work is a rejection of Jesus to save them from their sin. There's nothing that can cleanse a person from their sin, and the Holy Spirit wants to fill you and flow from you to impact people in that way through us. It's like, thank you, Lord, for what you desire to do through us. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Jesus being raised from the dead and ascending to the Father was proof that his sacrifice for our sins was acceptable to the Father. If, if his death on the cross was not acceptable for, to the Father, he would not have gone, he would not have ascended. But he did ascend. It was God's stamp of approval and saying, the sins are taken care of if a person believes in Jesus Christ and Jesus ascended to the Father and it was the Father approving of his son's sacrifice. So of righteousness, that there is something that can take care of our sin because I go to my, to my Father and you see me no more. Praise God. And of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Satan was defeated by Jesus Christ in his death on the cross. It was there that Jesus was defeated in his death. His body broken, his blood shed for us, and Satan was defeated to the point. Well, listen to what it says. Revelations 20, verse 1 to 3. And I mentioned this just, it hit me the other week. Satan only has just over seven years left where he's, where he will be bound and then cast into the lake of fire. He only has just over seven years left. 
And I believe that Satan is recognizing that he doesn't have much time left. And there's a ramping up of the things to come against us. And the Lord is saying, hey, I have overcome Satan. And the Holy Spirit is there to, to help us to understand that the ruler of this world has already been judged and has been defeated. As we operate in the power of the Holy Spirit with no fear of, of, of the enemy. In Revelation 20 verse 1 it says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil, and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should not deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. This event, this taking hold of, of the dragon will happen at the very end, at the Battle of Armageddon, which, should the Lord come back today, will be in seven years. And it will be at that battle that Satan is bound for a thousand years and all the demons with him. They're going to be put into this bottomless pit. And a great chain was in his hand, in the hand of the angel that is binding Satan. Praise God. There will be a short release for a short period of time at the end of the thousand years. In verse 7, that's what it says. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will re be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surround the camp of the saints in the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Then, or the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. So the, the beast or the antichrist and the, fa his, the false prophet that worked with him were cast into the lake of fire a thousand years earlier at the end of the battle of Armageddon. They are the first two individuals, people, to be cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is different than hell. It says hell and death were cast into the lake of fire. Right now, the lake of fire is empty. There's nothing, nobody in the lake of fire. The lake of fire is meant for Satan and his demons. And it says, the devil who deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone where the beasts and false prophets are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Revelations 20, verse 12 to 15 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. Every single act and, and whatever written in the books of those that, that did not accept Jesus Christ. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and the death in Hades delivered up the dead who were in, in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So here the judgment, the Holy Spirit coming of judgment, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of, the righteousness of, of, and of righteousness and of judgment. And it says here, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Do you know, I want you to know right now that Satan, as dark as it may be around our, in our world right now, Satan is already defeated. You need to know that tonight. And you need to know that the Holy Spirit desires to empower you and I to do a work in these last days to see other people come to know Jesus Christ. And it would start with us loving the Lord. If you are struggling with loving the Lord, Lord, fill me, baptize me in your Holy Spirit that I will love you, Lord. It's amazing. When you begin to love the Lord, that to be a witness unto the Lord, it is very easy to be a witness to other people. Let me say that again. If you love the Lord, if you are a witness unto the Lord, and let me just say, 
A witness is somebody that has observed or sees something that is right there, is, is right in the moment of, of whatever. In this case, a witness unto the Lord is somebody that will be very close to the Lord. Hey, I see you, Lord. I am with you, Lord. To be a witness unto the Lord, unto Jesus, is to be close to the Lord. And when we, the Holy Spirit desires for us the power of the Holy Spirit upon us to be witnesses unto the Lord. We will draw close to the Lord in the empowering by the Holy Spirit. And it is something that we need to allow to happen in our lives. Because the Lord Jesus will not force you. The commandment is there, but he will not force you unless you say yes to be obedient to the command Lord, I desire to be baptized in your spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in your spirit, Lord. It's interesting. The one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 3, verse 16, in Acts 1, verse 8, the Lord is saying, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. In Luke chapter 3, verse 16, it says, and this is regarding John the Baptist saying to the people, hey, are you the Christ? Are you, are you the one? He says, I indeed baptize with water, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I want you to know that it is Jesus. He is the one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I can't baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I can pray for you. I can lay hands and say, Lord, uh, baptize in the Holy Spirit. But the one that baptizes in the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. And as you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses unto Jesus, to love Jesus. So let me say again, to love Jesus Christ, if you, if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, it is easy for you to witness to others. It becomes very easy. And all in the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit helps us to love the Lord. I say thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for that. The disciples, and I just want you to know, Jesus spoke about this, this final conversation, saying, hey, you know what, you need to have the promise of the Father, that you would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they say to him, I've, I've mentioned this a number of times in the last few years, Acts 1, verse 6. So here he is talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit, having the power of the Holy Spirit. And they say, when they had come together, they asked him. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. They were saying, they were looking at things from a temporal, limited view. Are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They were under Roman rule. They had not had a, a, a nation of their own for 500 plus years. First it was the, the Babylonians. And then it was the, Mer, the Medes and the Persians. Then it was the Greeks. And then it was the, the, the Romans. And so they, they, had, they didn't have their own kingdom. They were under the rule of others. And so here they were saying, Lord, will it be at this time that you would reestablish or restore the kingdom to Israel? And he's saying... You know what? Let that time, when that happens, that is under the Father. The times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. He's going to take care of those things. I want you to know tonight, and I recognize that sometimes we look at things politically. We look at things and we would say, hey, if this comes to be, if this person's in power, or we change this or we change that, we recognize or we say, well, then things will turn around. I, I'm saying to you at this point, the thing that will turn or uh, change uh, 
our city, our country, or have the greatest impact is the preaching of Jesus Christ and him crucified and the power of the Holy Spirit with signs following us. And the power of the Holy Spirit. My prayer at this time, and I, I pray that your prayer at this time will be just that. Can we stand together? The, the world, the lost, and you know it, whether they're part of your family, your close friends, your co-workers, your neighbors, that don't know the Lord. Maybe there's been a um, revealing to you of concern. The conversation has, has been a lot deeper than it was maybe just two or three years ago. The conversation, there's a, a, a nervousness about those that don't know the Lord. There should not be a nervousness about those that know the Lord. For those of us that, that, that are children of God, we do not have to be afraid in these last days, but rather that the power of the Holy Spirit would work through us to, to strengthen us and to touch the lives of others. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Lord, I just pray at this time, if there's anybody here or online or that would be viewing this at another time, if they don't know you, and Lord, there's a, a, perhaps a sense of hopelessness, a sense of anxiety and fear, or depression, or whatever it may be, as they look and they see the things going on around them. And Lord, they, they recognize we are living in different times. Lord, it is in the last days. And so, Lord, I pray for those that they would just confess, Lord Jesus, yes, I am a sinner. I have sinned. And Lord, if I were, were to be judged today, I would be judged guilty of breaking your laws, your commandments, and Jesus, we are all guilty. We have all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Lord, in you, Jesus Christ, in your finished work, there is life, there is hope, there is forgiveness of sins, even as you have taken the consequences of our sins upon yourself and you died for us. And so we say thank you for that. And Lord, we, say, we, we, we confess and we believe that Jesus, you died for us to take our sins upon yourself so that we can have life and you overcame and you showed that you can overcome the consequences of sin and you can overcome the consequence of death, the ultimate thing of death and separation from you for eternity. You have overcome these things even as we would place our faith in you, Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, those that are watching, that they would make a, a, not only a confession of their sin, but they would confess that you died for them and you took their, your sins, their sins upon yourself so that we can have life and you overcame and you rose again on the third day. And, Lord, I pray that there would be a, an allowance of you to come into their life so that they would know, I am saved. I am saved. You are living in my life. And Lord Jesus, even as you cleanse us, even as we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, from every sin. We are washed clean. We are made as white as snow. And Lord Jesus, not only is, is every stain of sin removed, but Lord, your righteousness is put upon us. Lord, your righteousness envelops us and, cl and clothes us, and we, are, we can stand before God in your righteousness. And Lord, so at this point, I would say, Lord, that there will be a powerful working and moving of your Holy Spirit and an empowering of us to do your work in these last days, that, that there would be a witness unto you, Lord Jesus, a loving of you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and Lord, that it would move past that to our neighbors, that we would love our neighbor as ourselves, that our heart and concern would be for their salvation, that they would not spend eternity in, in, in the lake of fire, but they would spend eternity with you. Lord, we thank you that you have given us life. And Lord, I pray that in the power of your spirit, that there would be a moving out and a, a moving to tell others just like they did as you said in, your, in those last moments of your time here on earth, that the power, we would receive power when we are endued 
as the Holy Spirit would come upon us and we would be witnesses unto you. Lord, right to the end of the age, right to the end of the earth, even here in Niagara Falls now, and even at this time that we would be a witness unto you. And Lord, as we love you with all our heart, Lord, there will be a witness that goes out to those that have no hope. Lord, it will be easy to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit, even as the, as the Spirit goes ahead to convict and to reveal and to show, Lord God, that, that Satan has been overcome and that we can have your righteousness. And Lord, there is something to take care of our sin. Lord, I just pray, let us operate and move in the power of the Holy Spirit at this time. So I pray, come Holy Spirit, come. Come upon us in Jesus' name. That you would fill us to overflowing, truly rivers of living water flowing from us. Lord, in the coming days, Lord, I pray that you will set up opportunities to engage and to connect with people that don't know you. And Lord, in the boldness of your spirit and the power of your spirit, that we would be a witness to them as well. Not just to you, but Lord, a witness to them wherever we may go, whoever we may encounter in Jesus' name. So I say, yes, Lord, I surrender to you. Just fill me to overflowing again. That it would be a continual thing. Rivers of living water flowing from me. Flowing from us in Jesus' name. Let it be. Let it be in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Let it be. Lord loves you. Hallelujah. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.